Welcome back. After all this long time, one and all to River Do's and River Don'ts. This is River Do's and River Don'ts. It's the podcast where we talk about an episode of Riverdale long, long after it airs in exhaustive detail. We take you through the horrific events of the show, outlining our River Do, the part that we thought was good, sometimes quite the heady task. Our River Don't, something that pissed us off. And the Weekly Weird, which is something that just really doesn't make sense in that uniquely Riverdalian way that keeps us coming back to this increasingly unhinged nightmare of a television program. Your Virgil on this underworld odyssey has three heads! I'm Rob. Nice to see you. How you, how you all doing? I am joined by... I'm Quinn Welsh Wilson. I'm the head that sucks dick. I don't think you're the only head that does that. I'm I Arlie. don't think that. <laughs> I don't think that you're. Uh, I don't think that's a distinction element on this particular Virgil. I don't, this, this, I don't this. think that's uh, a unique quality in this instance. Um, yeah, I'm. Okay, I'm all three heads. Are Maybe dick they're the head that sucks dick best i don't i don't know like I, I, i'm not i'm not super we proud, haven't but... had a competition so uh who's to say yeah who's to say <laughs> I, you want to introduce, introduce yourself there friend I, I don't know maybe you could i did i did i said my name like twice oh really okay yeah. <laughs> uh that's just a fun easter egg for the listeners you can look back and hear them say their name. <laughs> For clarity, though, I am Arlie. Hi. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about Season 3, Episode 16, which is Chapter 52, The Raid, a deliberate invocation of a classic martial arts film. I'm sure it'll be fine. I- I'm sure that that will not be shooting uh, too high. <laughs> I'm sure that the raid that takes place in this episode is going to be it'll de- good. It'll live up to it, right? Like, it'll yeah. be fine. Uh, directed by Pamela Romanowski, written by Greg Murray and... Ace Hassan, uh, shit, like the sun itself tried to kill this podcast, uh, lava demons tried to kill this podcast, and the very heart beating in my chest tried to kill this podcast, and they couldn't, but this episode might. We'll see. We open on a nighttime SWAT team style raid being led by Jughead on what appears to be the school. It turns out, however, in a twisted turn of events, that this is a training exercise where FP and erstwhile Sheriff Keller gleefully laser point at the back of Jughead's head and proclaim, bang, bang, you're dead. Oh my god, I love that play. Just normal stuff for cops to be doing with minors, right? Like it's <laughs> extremely normal. I see it every day. Uh, it is it is really just this confronts you immediately. I mean like we have to just accept the utter cartoonality of this or it's just so fucking grim. Um Skeet does also continue to say boys like even when it's plural it's it's <laughs> yeah, still it's, it's the same. He still says it like that. Yeah, it's the plural of the same word. Yeah. But it's not just for Jughead, it's for all of them. I mm-hmm. I can't I can't deal with it. It's too much when he says it, and he does it like 20 times an episode. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Anyway, they yeah, they're training kids until they're ready to hit the streets and go after a drug gang. Like, this is a thing for children to do. Is that not what D.A.R.E. is supposed to be? <laughs> the last step in D.A.R.E. is you get strapped up. <laughs> the E stands for execution. <laughs> oh, God. 
That <laughs> <laughs> pops. Uh, Veronica and Betty discuss the imminent Lodge divorce, and creepy Evelyn hangs flyers for a farm open house, which Veronica and Betty intend to go to as a spies. And Betty very aggressively sips a milkshake throughout this scene. It's it's a lot. I guess you gotta have something to be doing in I these guess. like in these scenes that just literally set up one element and then are over and have no like play to them. Just the whole time she's sucking that milkshake. Just yeah. like the straw is making a sound the entire time. Man, I don't you know. gotta, it's really obnoxious. You gotta fill the space though. The you thing really is, like, do. think about being an actor in that situation, because you can't just sit there and stare at the wall. <laughs> right. Think about being Lily Reinhardt in this But situation. they didn't write anything for you. <laughs> right. You're doing extra shit. You're just being an extra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is which is pretty wild for one of, like, your top contracted actors. But they do this all the time. I'm really curious now. Uh, I'll be paying attention in the future. Like, if if the crew of the actors that fucking hate this show, like, do that in every scene it pops, if they just really aggressively slurp the milkshakes because they don't want to be there, um, that would be yeah, a fun So we do know that thing. the, uh, this was, like, the what, the early stages of the little mutiny that's yeah. happening. Uh, yeah. It gets, like, much more pronounced later from what um, I've heard. But I think this at this point it's still just, like, Lily and Cole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it'll be a fun thing and, to look out for for me. Right. And thinking about this this scene work, you know, this space work that Lily's having to do with the milkshake. <laughs> it's really frustrating because she can't actually be drinking the milkshake. That'll you have to do retakes. You know how yeah, they do like, with that food would be a high sets. risk. Like that doesn't that'd be a high risk behavior because like <laughs> you're probably going to have to pick up many of these. Yes, exactly. So she's just. She's doing fake slurps, and they go in post, and they add the sucking sound. <laughs> and that might be the uh, rationale right there. If I do this, they have to add obnoxious sucking sounds, and that's funny. Yeah, that's true. Some fully artist is just like, like damn oh, it, Lily. Bitch, come on. <laughs> that, that could be it. We could have solved the mystery. That is a really fun way to engage with hostility as an actor is try to do as many things that invite frustrating Foley decisions into your scenes <laughs> as possible. I mean, why not? Like, there's so many scenes where everyone just sits there and doesn't do anything and one person, like, walks in like it's fucking the room and just says a thing and then it's the scene is over. Yes. I did not... Uh, I swear to God, the fucking average scene length in this show. We'll talk about it. I actually made five seconds. Yeah, I made a I made a actual calculation. I think in the next episode uh, at some point uh, because I was losing my mind. Understandable. Uh, Yeah. So so stay tuned next time for that. Uh, There's some fascinating data (laughs) at the Jones house. Gladys and Jellybean do the least convincing. Those were not my drugs in the burned trailer. Not me. Act possible. Uh, Gladys and Jughead do some breakfast table mutual threatening. In this scene, doesn't FP use the phrase drug cooking material that was found in the trailer? I believe he does. Uh, That sounds about right. It's just a very funny way to phrase that thing, particularly. Drug cooking material. It specifically sounds like 
the person talking about it has no experience with it from either side of the law, much less both. That's exactly, that's the thing. It's so not familiar the way that it sounds. You would you would think he hadn't spent his entire life in a gang and then now is a reformed uh, gang member who is acting as a sheriff. Um, so a fallen like, gang member. I, yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, a fallen punished <laughs> gang member. Oh. Um, yeah, he's not the Serpent King anymore or whatever the fuck. But uh, also in this scene, Jellybean's like distracting move is to be like, we gotta go watch cartoons, dad. Uh, which is like... Okay. Points, points in a random direction. What in the world could that be? <laughs> <laughs> like, Fucking work. I know she's a kid, but she's like 14. I mean, I'm an adult and I like cartoons, but not not like that. Daddy, daddy, we must go watch cartoons on the television. <laughs> That's literally what uh, it sounded like to me. Daddy, please. <laughs> I mean, you can't knock it because it fucking works. I, well, okay, works I mean, is relative. This is a fictional universe where nothing no, fucking makes sense. That, that is certainly <laughs> true. I also got to say, coming into this scene from a long break from the show, they are just starting here reminding us that the show is in love with the idea of overwrought, bitter parent versus child crime rivalries. Yeah. <laughs> and Yeah, there's so many of them. It's doing nothing for me. I'm so tired. I started this. They did this scene and I'm like, I'm so old now. I'm just. (laughs) Oh, my God. There's like three going concurrently, I think, because there's there's um, Jughead and whatever the fuck his mom's name is. Gladys. I couldn't remember for a second. Um, Cheryl and what is her name? Penelope, wow, I can't remember any parent names right now. Um, yeah, Cheryl and Penelope, and then uh, Veronica and Hiram. And, and a like, certain <laughs> argument can be made about the Hannibal Lecterization of Hal. That's, right. yeah, although, like, at this point, I don't know, I feel like they're not really rivals anymore. Uh, that one's a Cold Betty. War, if anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the other three it is nightmarish hot. how quickly the tone has escalated or de-escalated from him being the Black Hood serial killer main antagonist to like, aw, that Hal, you know yeah. how he is. Yeah. Every uh... scene with Hal is just wild to me. I'm sure we'll get some of those eventually oh. after some more business. Wait, so hold on. This is going to come up in a minute but we all remember after how long it's been away from the show that like Hiram's thing right now is he's trying to build a prison mm-hmm. um, he's trying to build a prison he's trying to build yeah, a prison yeah system of a down tried to warn us um, oh, Jesus. but you know where Hal is in a prison yeah is he gonna get moved to Hiram's prison when that happens or are they just oh, gonna shit. keep him in the Hannibal Lecter basement how are they gonna <laughs> I transport even thought about Hal? that. it just dawned on me right now I mean, how are they not going to take advantage of the prisoner transfer escape? I mean, they're probably not, because that might almost be cool, and it might yeah. almost create consequences from something that happened previously in the show, requiring people to remember a thing. Oh, He's God. just going to be the one guy left at the old prison. <laughs> uh, they're like, oh, fuck, we forgot about the dude in the basement. They've ah. just... They've just got a fucking, like, really high window with a rope pulley with buckets that, like, deliver his food and take his poopies out. Like, that's... (laughs) 
I mean, theoretically, if there was plumbing down there, they wouldn't even have to take his poopies out. That's true. I don't they know. They could just deliver him food and his poopies yeah. would go in the sewer. I mean, are they really going to keep paying the sewer bill for one That's guy? That's a good point. Like in the giant, also... like, torture castle or whatever? Hey, this is Riverdale we're talking about, so probably. It's true. Yeah, why not, yeah. actually? Uh, you can just divert some say? money from the schools to do that. Jesus. As we all know, um, uh, town finances work. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, usually just arm wrestle for it. Um, yeah. Kevin leads the farm open house, and Betty and Alice awkwardness <laughs> just fucking Alice happens. Alice looks like fucking Dolly Parton in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> She's got her fucking pantsuit. <laughs> she has a- um, in in all fairness, I had watched uh, Dumpling right before watching these episodes, so I was already thinking about Dolly Parton. But then Alice came, like, she walked out that door, and I was like, holy fuck, it's Dolly Parton. Yeah, it's Dolly. Uh, <laughs> so, a quick aside here. Uh, I watched this episode much earlier than the second episode like i watched this one uh before the long delay and then like sort of just went over it again real quick and watched the second episode like last week uh so this episode happened to me (laughs) during a time that i did not have an active netflix subscription i was able to be uh given login information from someone else because i am very upset with netflix and dave Chappelle and all that stuff understandable money uh but I have to say, it is fucking distracting watching a version of this that aired on TV because there is an absolute clusterfuck of advertising splashes and watermarks and shit. It's the lower third of the screen is absolute fucking chaos while you're trying to watch this show. I like. I mean, I believe it. Animated shit from upcoming shows, like doing a little TikTok dance on the bottom of the screen, (laughs) and like all these uh, graphics flying all over the place. It's a nightmare. It's like hell. I have watched this show on the CW app before, uh, like on their online streaming service, and it's it's pretty similar to that. Um, not a, an enjoyable experience, I don't think. Uh, so I, no, it's aggressive. I'm, I don't miss cable. <laughs> cable's bad. Something that I appreciate is some like contemporary media pirates have started like shifting that ethos into the things that they post after they've pirated them. So people will get copies of like uh, a major film that will just have big splash advertisements and will occasionally cut to like a pre-recorded advertisement of someone being like visit our website you can bet on rugby games (laughs) wow you love cricket i would never watch anything ever again and betting on cricket do it now let's get back to Venom 2. <laughs> like, I I don't know about you guys, but like, I, I found that, um, is, y'all are both a little bit older than me, but I found that my generation is like aggressively anti-advertisement. Like, if I see an advertisement, I get so angry, like instantly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just yeah. hate it so much. Like, if there's, if there's ads in something, I won't fucking engage with it. I won't do it. Yeah, I think there may so be a little angry. bit of a divide. I I don't like ads, but I I 
they feel just like when it snows shoveling my like steps you know what i mean like See, it's just th- so you gotta my version do it that is you like... gotta you gotta get through this shit like it's not good but it's just part of life so if it snows i just stay the fucking side ah yes. <laughs> i can't do it i don't know i just i they just like it, it triggered this visceral reaction for me and i'm just like no no i have to find something else that doesn't have ads because i can't deal with it, it um, it's got to be yeah. exceptionally worth it for me so yeah. like i was watching <laughs> columbo on peacock and they had ads and i would like grit my teeth and get through it because columbo's just like because there's more here's the thing on the other side of that advertisement more columbo yeah exactly <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And, like, I don't have the money right now to give Peacock a fucking subscription fee. Yeah, because they, they ransom like out the ads, right? dollars or whatever? Yeah. Um, yeah, stupid. But, like, I, I pay an exorbitant amount of money on subscriptions because I don't want ads. Well, then, it, it's like they've just found a different way for ads to work. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's the opposite. Like, I, I will pay extra money to not see them. Really, they're just scamming the people buying the ads because now the ads are actually being used as, like... Incentive uh, for the people subscribing to yeah, pay more money. It's, no, it's, like, it's not about click-through to the advertiser's websites. It's about click-through to the subscribe button. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's very much like now almost being used as like malware. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Onboard malware. Like, well, do you want the clean experience? You have passed some. God, I cannot uh, wait until Hulu warns me that they've kidnapped my grandfather's penis, and unless I subscribe today, <laughs> <laughs> it's over for that thing. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> Betty is offered uh, during this uh, during this back to the show. Uh, the, uh, the, the open house, right? <laughs> Betty, Betty is offered, quote, one of our quick and easy interviews, which they practically advertise as being perfect for a spy to, to do. <laughs> uh, so, so she's going to get that inside info. Don't you worry about that. Uh, Evelyn does the audit or uh, interview, which runs a bit short. I Yeah, this is it's Scientology. <laughs> They're leaning so hard suddenly on the Scientology thing. Like, it's, it it's like they feel... mentioned the farm in the first episode of Riverdale, didn't they? Or like, Yeah, because or, it's it's a whole thing that like Polly and like Jason were going to run Polly away to the Jason farm were running away too. she got pregnant. And it's like they've just now decided what it is. Yeah, I feel like, like knowing what happens at the end of the season, I feel like this is the point at which they've decided what that's actually going to be. Okay. And so they're building up to it. Um, so I, I mean, I don't know, maybe they're still waffling between a couple of ideas, but it feels like they're definitely like, okay, um, we've been hinting at the farm as this sinister thing, but now it's actually like a big bad. Um, a great know, move that's... for your last six or seven episodes of a season order. Yeah, yeah. I just, I feel like they keep thinking they're only going to get 13 episodes and they keep getting like 20 something and they're like, ah, fuck. I think, I think, (laughs) I think Sakasa just gets tired and needs a nap. Yeah, he gets a mid-season slog, and he's like, "All right, you guys take over." That's, he's I'm like, "All right, folks, here are some random notes that I made, like in a <laughs> in like a medication-induced stupor." Anyway, time for my Odin sleep. See you in the last three That's, episodes. It's when he takes his siesta, his his Riverdale <laughs> siesta, and then he comes back, and you know his his workday is a little bit longer at the end of the day, but then he produces something good? Question mark. Uh, so you know. <laughs> Yeah, so they had plans. You can tell that like he's starting to awaken from his slumber. You can feel the Sakasa quakes. 
Yes. Oh, boy. That sounds bad. We get an incredible scene at the Pembroke next where Hermione is really upset uh, on the phone that she is not invited to the ribbon-cutting ceremony on the new prison. Well, you you did try to kill Hiram two times. Yep. Two times. Twice, Hermione yeah. says that they're totally unsafe from their enemies now that Hiram won't protect them. Uh, a thing that I would argue only the world's most powerful genius could have possibly foreseen and thus altered her husband-slaying plans in order to avoid. Jesus. Right. So what's really funny yeah. about this is, first of all, Hermione hits the, this really hard when Veronica walks in. And she says, your father is finally opening that damn prison of his. And it's like, yeah, we have been waiting for that for a while, huh? And uh, two. Yeah, since, uh, what, early season two? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Something like that. It's been forever, yeah. But the, Hermione's worry here of, like, if you get divorced from a mob boss, you're going to get immediately killed. Maybe I'm the weird one here, but it feels like there's a much more, like, direct line from um, breaking off your relationship with the head of a crime family and dying. Yeah, no, I don't think they really Some other external divorce. malefactors coming in. And, and like, why on you? earth seems... would they be after you instead of just trying to, like, get the information you have? Right, and, yeah, like, I... if if it's, like, a bitter and contentious divorce... Wouldn't he be more likely to put out the hit? Like, wouldn't Hiram oh, just yeah. have the no, hit made? The the people she's worrying about in this scene would be trying to wine and dine her. Yeah, I feel like usually there's not even, like, divorce proceedings. It's just like, hey, you're not a mob wife anymore. You are dying now. Um, oh, no. Small <laughs> plane accident. Heart yeah, attack. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't I don't think they usually get to the divorce part. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, it's, this, is, this is a nonsensical scene that made me laugh. Jughead and Archie just get down to business and summarize the current plot of the season in Archie's kitchen long enough for the phone to ring. Yep. That's why I didn't have any notes on this scene until the phone rings. I'm like, wait, what were they talking about? And I'm like, ah, um, oh, yes, just a soft Jughead recap. is like uh, going real hard on his Cold War analogy. That don't remember what specifically he said, but I have a note about there being a Cold War analogy and Jughead going ham. It's a collect call from Mad Dog, though, is what this call is. Ooh. But I don't have any more notes. Did anything else happen? Or they're just like, ah, oh, fuck, Mad Dog's on the phone. That was where the scene. Oh, no, I have a lot of notes. So um, <laughs> my my notes here from the call are... No, so he says... This is where Jughead mentions becoming Riverdale's unofficial DEA. Oh, my God, he does? Yuck. I don't remember be. that. Because it's right here, and then my notes say, because of what happened to Warden Norton? Warden Norton? <laughs> that, is, that is when he starts saying Warden Norton a bunch in this episode. Yes. He continues uh, and then like, I through say, the next couple scenes. But... So there's going to be a juvenile wing of the new prison. Yes! Yes! The fucking juvie wing! What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> I don't think and... they're allowed to do that. And then... Well, you see, the minors need, like, adult role models that they can relate they to, so they need guidance. to also have adult prison. Well, they and the thing the is, the, they're using the pretense of what happened to Warden Norton to shut down l and yeah. um, And but then... why wouldn't they just hire another warden? You would think. But no. 
they then specifically name check mad dog name checks baby teeth and thumper yeah um so baby teeth and thumper are back here and this is where archie's like oh i gotta go back and i gotta break him out like i have to go like at least visit the prison which is where it's been so long for me since watching the show where I do have in my notes, is it reasonable or possible for Archie to return to prison I, without I being recaptured? I genuinely have forgotten at this point. So here's like, what I thought in that moment. I just pictured KJ Appa in the giant hat and sunglasses, like avoiding the paparazzi femme fatale outfit. Hmm. And I was deeply disappointed that that was because we know that that works. Yeah, Veronica did it. She was her name was fucking like Samantha or whatever. Uh, she had the really shitty blonde wig and the big hat and the sunglasses, and clearly that's a perfect disguise. So why wouldn't he just borrow that from Veronica? It makes sense, but that's not what happened. <sighs> he just no, it's not. He just goes in as Archie, and I'm like, I don't think that that would be allowed. I feel like he, at the very least, would be banned from the prison. Apparently not. I j- they're like, ah, you, you bested us. You got out. <laughs> you win. I don't think that's how that works. I don't, I don't know. Because, uh, yeah, like, I don't think that his, like, legal standing was ever technically changed, was it? I don't think so, but he's just, I... like, continuing life as normal in Riverdale. Maybe, no, if like, you get out you... of prison, they're not allowed to put you back in. It's a little-known rule. <laughs> no, I think it's, like, if you get out of prison and get attacked by a bear, then they can't put you back mm-hmm. in. Well, we don't know about a bear, but we do know about a friggin' bear. <laughs> You're right. No, but, yeah. like, didn't uh, didn't Hiram, like, call off the the fight between them or whatever? Maybe that was why he didn't get sent back to prison. Pretty that must cool that he can cancel the legal action against Archie without getting in trouble with the law himself. Well, right? like without you know, he, he is the law, you know, but yeah, not really. So. But like not not in the way that Skeet is the law. What is his character's name? FP. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, my brain is a pile of mush these days. But uh, yeah, I just ooh, very very weird stuff. Like, does he just go, hey, Mister? Or Miss Judge, um, you know how you found Archie uh, Archie Andrews guilty? <sighs> yes, of hello. Murder? This is this is uh, this is Hiram Lodge. Am I speaking to Uncle Sam? <laughs> oh Jesus! Like you, you know how you know how that redheaded boy was found guilty of murder? Um, scratch that. I made I made it up. That was actually a prank. <laughs> <laughs> we made it up. <laughs> that one was created Incorrect. by a writer. <laughs> Not true. It was fiction. <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> Uh, Jughead assembles the servants who I must stress are now cops and gets them ready for vigilante action. But they're still dressed like serpents, which, you know, yeah, why not? brand. Ugh. Archie that- visits Mad Dog who lets him know that the powers that be are screwing over parolees to make sure that Hiram's profitable jail is nice and full. Uh, this is the most realistic thing that has yet happened on Riverdale this season. Yeah. Oh, they're coming for us. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, um, in my neighborhood. I think I live near a, like a hospital or something. Veronica checks out Archie's blood money boxing gym and arranges a meeting with the governor, who expected Hiram Lodge, but is willing to hear them out <laughs> when it's just teenagers. Like, you better be going somewhere with this, but I've got the time. Archie threatens to expose the governor's complicity in Warden Norton's fight club. And he seems to agree to pardon Archie's friends. Maybe. Maybe. 
since they're definitely in either get everything you want or get murdered territory, they could have asked for more than just that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, historically, Archie is very stupid. But Veronica's there, too. And well, honestly, maybe I'm just hanging on to season one too much because Veronica's fucking stupid, too. Like, yeah. Let's I, be real. In my notes, she stopped I have being Veronica smart. Stop it being hurt dumb. me, but she stopped being smart. <laughs> I don't know exactly when it happened, but it's well happened by now. And she still makes references, but that's it. The reference part of her brain uh, ate the rest. Yeah, that seems correct. Cheryl meets Betty at Pops to summarize her part of the plot of the season, which is just a thing that we do now. Uh, and then in a moment that did the ratatouille thing to my brain, uh, oh, Betty leans sorry. on Cheryl for help, where the critic eats the, the titular dish and is like transported back to his childhood. Okay. Uh, and reconnects with his emotions. There were a lot of things that happened in ratatouille, so I just needed some clarification there. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Uh, Betty leans on Cheryl for help by reminding her that Jason and Polly were going to run away to the farm and that she should want to know what's going on with where they were running to. I was like, holy shit. A continuity happened. I, I did feel like well, Betty po- playing the Jason card was low, but, uh, you know, a low continuity but motivated. It's not like she's ever had any ethics. No, and it she reminded hasn't. us of a thing that happened before, which was wild. But what gets me is that it also then ignores another big thing that happened before, which is when Cheryl got locked up and tortured in the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, because that's where the mm-hmm. farm is operating out of right now. Yeah, you'd think yeah. she wouldn't want to go back. And so I was like, my, my question was, yeah, is this not going to be traumatic for Cheryl? Are you not considering that? She is not. Um, <laughs> Cheryl apparently, like, I feel like she doesn't seem to respond to trauma in a normal way. Um... I, I don't know what that is, but that's... That honestly would be a higher point of concern for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying that's like a thing that we, I feel she like She didn't even seem mad about it. She's just giving away all her stuff. Yeah, it's um, it's bad. Evelyn walks in on a crying Cheryl who crocodiles tearfully over a fake breakup with Tony, uh, and she's in. We've got a mole. And Evelyn activates like a fucking snake. She like she is such a goddamn predator. I cannot stand this person. She I, starts like literally slithering along the ground toward the toilet stall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I feel like if I went into a bathroom and someone was crying and I said, "Are you okay?" and they didn't answer me, I'd be like, "Damn, I guess they're not okay." Um, but it's probably not my business, and they probably don't want to talk to me. And I certainly wouldn't open the stall door. Uh, but hey, that's just me. Um, feel like that was really weird behavior from yes. Evelyn. But yes, I mean, very creepy. Normal for Evelyn, but very weird by normal person standards. Um, because Evelyn's a fucking creep. Uh, Sweet Pea does a sting operation and brutalizes the clerk at an admittedly dope ass looking comic store. So what was interesting is I had a again. This had been so long. This was this was from earlier in the season. They went here before. Mm-hmm. So my notes go, this looks like a combination comic shop slash head shop. Oh, it literally is. <laughs> Selling Fizzle Rocks is limited edition comics? Oh, we've been here before. <laughs> <laughs> but can we talk about the gargoyles instead of shoes for a moment? Yeah, that's fucking... I it's just... old school street corners. You can tell by the gargoyles on the wires. How are they putting gargoyles on the wires? Like I'd like to theorize this for a moment. You can you can easily <laughs> throw um a pair of shoes. I assume that they have some yeah, sort of limited. Yeah, you tie like, the laces together. You throw them, and then the laces get caught on the wire. Like that's how that works. It's very simple. 
Like, I am assuming that they have some sort of limited range teleportation or perhaps flash stepping <laughs> ability that allows them to oh, easily they, place. Oh, the gargoyle Shunpo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, what? What are they like tying the masks together and then doing the same thing that you do with the shoes? Are they know. like little gargoyle statuettes that are connected somehow? <laughs> like, they don't even specify. What that well, fucking means it almost, in any capacity. Because it almost sounds like they're just putting a clip-on gargoyle on there. They're just like... <laughs> like a little keychain? <laughs> we might be missing the forest for the trees here. What if the gargoyles are just real? Oh, <laughs> they just They just flew up there. They, and they they've hired... they're like little birds. <laughs> they're just little guys. <laughs> they've hired Disney's animated gargoyles. Oh my god, but those don't they even, need the like, work. Those don't even like really see that's actually what I was picturing, like pedestal and all. Um just like doing a balancing act on the fucking wire. I'm losing to a bird. Um wow, yeah, I just Anyway, the fucking serpents steal the drugs and gaming stuff from this guy. Like they just beat a guy up and steal from him. Yeah, yeah I mean, just like the again, real I guess, unofficial DEA. That is that it that is like the real cops. And they are but still it fucking a gay. sucks. Um so you know, just beat people up and steal their stuff. It's fine. Yes, the cop the cops are a gang, you're correct. <laughs> uh Cheryl gets audited while wearing a wire and meets Edgar Evernever who takes over the interview. I think we're meant to just think that his appearance ratchets up the tension and like it's worth cutting the scene there without anything happening so that's that's a thing that's been happening in like a lot of these exchanges right especially with the farm this episode i keep noting in my notes like literally i'm not feeling any tension here this mm-hmm. is supposed to be tense it's not doing anything for me what what's going on here the one thing that does happen though before the handoff is edgar gives evelyn a weird kiss Yep. There's a reason for that, but that's that's one of those things that I know because I watched the whole season. Um, Whereas what I've watched is the Mad World scene. Oh, Jesus Christ. So no, like, it's not It's not uh, quite that What bad. are you supposed to think at this point, though? I mean, yeah, at this point, <laughs> that is like, definitely ugh. what you're supposed to think, but it's... I. Um... We'll get there yeah. when we get there, but... Yeah, uh, I, I don't like being reminded of the Mad World scene. Uh, it's so fucking yeah. gross. No, me either. Um, Mad Dog and Baby Teeth meet Archie at Pops. <laughs> okay, and Baby Teeth he looks brings them to the up. He, he looks so does. goofy. <laughs> Take us through it. I don't remember very clearly. He's just like a blonde kid who looks really young with like a bad haircut and kind of a goofy smile. He looks young and old at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> he, he he looks like a like a teenager who did a lot of drugs. Yeah, I was going to say like what you're two of you are describing is teaming up in my brain to create the vibe of like strung out Dennis the Menace. He yeah, kind of looks yeah. like he kind of looks like young adult Macaulay Culkin a little bit. Okay. But like with a different face, but like mm-hmm. that sort of like vibe about him. Um, because, you know, Macaulay Culkin was doing a fuck ton of drugs by the time he was a young adult. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what he looks like to me. Um, I am very mad at myself because my notes just say Sopranos reference lol, and I don't remember (laughs) where this was or what the (laughs) reference was. I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. Ah, you're Patard. 
but they are. It literally could have been someone doing the fucking. Um, um, oh my god, now I can't remember his name, but the guy who does the stupid laugh. Um, uh, <laughs> it could have been that, and I would have been like a Sopranos reference, lol. But I, do, I don't know what it was. Where you're, where you're going, I cannot follow. I don't. You. I can't um, even follow me where I'm going. <laughs> but they go to Archie's boxing gym, and like the scene ends. The serpents start knocking over corner drug deals, uh, and FP turns out to have literally been hiding in the back of a truck nearby, pissed as hell that his roll-up operation is blown. So Okay, I gotta pause here, and I gotta roll yeah. back. As Jughead is overseeing this operation, he's, uh, he's overseeing the operation for a long time, and they're like, we've got one corner left, Jughead, do you want to come do this bust with us? The map of Riverdale that's on the wall that Jughead's pinning... Uh-oh. sent me into a frenzy. Because Riverdale operates in this weird space in the show where the actual size of the town is sort of like in flux. It's not very well defined. Yes. But it can't be a super small town because of the way things are are structured. Like, they've got the north side and the south side. They're building a full prison here. Like, sure. There, there's a bunch of stuff that implies that there's a scale to the town that doesn't necessarily there are make definitely it a city. Clues scattered. But like, they've got. There's seven streets or so mm-hmm. on this map of Riverdale, and every one of them has people at two corners. You cannot drive to an intersection in Riverdale, of which there are not many, without finding a gargoyle and drug dealers at it. Yeah. Correct. It, it, I, I, this, it, the implied scale of everything when I saw that map of Riverdale just twisted all my shit. Yeah, the town kind of has what it needs to have right now. Don't worry about it. It's, Which then, when uh... they go to the apartment building later in this episode, fails to add up. I'm like, there can't be this many people living in Riverdale. No, that definitely no. felt uh, out of place to me. Like, I, I, I grew up in a town like of similar size and uh density to riverdale um including like having a trailer park uh but like also having nicer neighborhoods uh that were very like suburban-y um and the apartments that we had in that town were not anything like this they were usually like no more than two floors and they're because like when you don't have to build up you can build out and that's typically the way they build apartments in smaller towns um so there being this these apartments with like a million floors doesn't make any fucking sense but i guess it's just for the aesthetic of like running up the fucking stairs i don't know it was literally so they could do the raid yeah 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 it's 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 a reference which is what cleverness is yes um but yeah, like the the serpents are not communicating with the cops, even though they're like deputized somehow. Like the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing, and they fuck it up. Like yeah. it's just it's conflict, I guess. But it just it seems really stupid. <laughs> like it's it's bad. I I think it's just to drum up tension between Jughead and FP to make it so that like there's tension between him and both of his parents. Yeah, I can't um, think of another reason. And it's just like, okay, and? I don't know. Everyone just comes out of this looking real stupid. Yep. Mafia boyfriend shows up at the gym offering a clearly Faustian bargain of some sort. Uh, ha, ha, like, ha, hey, ha. I could I could do some uh, deals with people here. I am a trustworthy individual. <laughs> That's exactly what he sounds like in the show. 
Yeah. He's like licking his lips. Um, yeah. <laughs> Who would like to sign my contract? Jesus. <laughs> what, Elio? <laughs> Excuse me? And again, I just have one sentence of notes for the scene. Did anything else happen? Or is it just like, Bamo, here's a scene. I think it was just Bamo, here's a, a scene. A thing happened. Yeah, my notes say Elio shows up trying to headhunt the talent at the gym. We prepared this set to film five seconds of, yeah. I mean, they film a little bit more at this location, I think, this episode. But um, maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong and misremembering things. I don't things. know. It's, it's fast and furious. What if they though? had a couple of scripts ready and they're like, all right, we're just getting all... <laughs> the boxing gym scenes done and then we're tearing the set down i mean that would I, make sense like, because giving them that kind of credit for like organization though seems wildly outlandish that, to me. It, that's also a good point do you think they come to set with a shot list <laughs> i mean the shots generally look okay so i assume maybe <laughs> but i'm not gonna put money on it oh my god I'm not going to put money on it. Uh, Veronica pitches the extremely good idea of marriage counseling. This is where the Sopranos Mutually murderous parents. Uh, How many times did you try to kill Archie? Water under the bridge. Yeah, what an insane response. (laughs) Um, This is the scene, though, that has the Sopranos reference. Um, I looked it up because it was bothering me. But, um, yeah, they, you know, obviously both of the parents scoff at marriage counseling. Um... And he sort of nervously hopes that the water under the bridge gambit will work. Yeah. And I cannot decide. I literally cannot decide whether it's stupid that he thought that that would matter to anyone or that it is inconsistent for Riverdale that that didn't solve Hiram's problems. I think both (laughs) somehow. Um, because usually they're like, you did a bad crime. And he said, actually, you're wrong. That is, like, that is that the Hyrule Lodge defense. He just says, mm, yeah. no, I didn't actually. Um, <laughs> but uh, So how did this not work? Yeah. Um, but yeah, when, when Veronica suggests marriage counseling, she says that uh, he wouldn't, that Hiram wouldn't be the first mobster to go to a psychologist. And that is the yep. Sopranos reference. Yep, that got me. Um, okay, I thought it was the thing that happens later in this episode, or maybe it's in the next episode. No, it's this episode. And I was like, if this is from the Sopranos, I'm going to lose my shit because it's awful. I feel um, like this show is trying to do a Sopranos, though. Oh, with probably. its mobster yeah. timeline. With or, or various scenes rather. around Hiram, they they flirt with that. I know that The Sopranos is not the only mobster thing ever made, but I did. It was very influential. It still feels like it, you know? Uh, I, I also just, they probably should divorce is the thing. The, yeah. yeah, the I mean, it seems like that's, yeah. you should stop. You should get divorced. I feel like that's a pretty good indication that things aren't working. I feel like if I even caught a whiff that my spouse was thinking of maybe uh, having me killed, I would be like, you know what? This isn't working, clearly. Let's get a divorce. I almost never try to kill my wife. (laughs) Um, Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. What a bad show. Cheryl is horny for Edgar Evernever. Thanks, I fucking hate this. Yeah, my my next note is Cheryl, don't be horny for Edgar. (laughs) I just, I, Cheryl, please. No. We went through this whole thing of you being a lesbian, and I'm not saying that lesbians aren't allowed to find men attractive. I just, why this one? Why this one? What is it with all the fucking kids thinking the dads are hot? 
in this show. I don't. I, I mean, the dads in this feel... show are hot, but I'm also an adult, so. But like the, the kids think this, yeah, all the time. Yeah. I think it is one of those cases of them like literally just like saying shit that gets said on Twitter back at the audience and winking. I, that <sighs> is very possible. Like I don't know, yeah. maybe they're trying to appeal to the online. Uh, the online, yeah, okay. Yes, because <laughs> yeah. it's so gross, though. The really next episode we talk about, I feel like, is full. I don't know if any of you got this sense, but it feels like it's full of moments where they are trying to capture something where they want people to screen cap or gif a moment and like post about it. So it's it like in they're writing a Twitter. script. They're writing the script to try to court social media engagement instead of tell a story. Yeah, yeah that's. The further WWEification of this oh fucking show. Oh my god. Uh, Mad Dog's family, turns hold out. Hold on, hold on. Living in a bad area. Go ahead. Well, Cheryl is being horny for Edgar in the bathroom. A girl walks into the bathroom, and Cheryl just, like, screams at her until she <laughs> goes. I did. <laughs> I love Cheryl, not because she's a good person, but because she is wildly entertaining. She floods the bathroom with killing intent, forcing the girl to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah gallant gunfire. She just puts out, like, the gnarliest vibes imaginable, and the girl's like, fuck, okay, I'll leave. Uh, it was very funny to me. It's definitely not the first time she's done something like that either. No, no. It definitely won't be the last. I'm certain of this. So it turns out Mad Dog's family is living in a bad area that has become gargoyle territory, but Archie has a plan. And I think that that is another complete scene described yes. in like a phrase. Oh my yeah. god. Hermione receives the thoughtful gift of some <laughs> dead fish. <laughs> this is so funny. They're so unthreatening and the music sting is really bad. I don't remember what the music <laughs> sting was, but it was bad enough that I took note. I just, I don't, I couldn't even really see the fish in frame. Like, I could, maybe it's because I'm fucking blind, um, but I feel like I was just looking at, like, not the actual fish. I don't know. I, it was very non-anticlimactic uh, uh, for well, me. It was, um, it was just, like, two whole fish that you might get at, like, <laughs> right. a place that sells whole fish. Yeah, like, it like could if be your like, local hey, hey, store deli for has, tonight. like, it's, it's just groceries. Yeah, yeah. it's gro it's literally groceries. <laughs> yeah, I don't... like I okay. I picked these up for dinner tonight. Like, okay, that's not. Um... Maybe it's promotional. Maybe there's a new butcher. You know, mm -hmm. like she know. is the mayor, Our... and her husband. My... Yeah, does, that's is true. Building yeah, a prison. Somebody... Like it would not be wild for them for to you get free stuff. Living. Sorry. What? Um, my next. I don't remember this scene, so that's that's not a good sign. Oh, but Jesus. Archie meets with Jughead to plan further idiocy, is what I wrote. <laughs> yeah, my notes are collabing with Jughead, and I'm like, this must be them planning the raid. It, that's got to be it. I vaguely remember this scene. I did not write any notes about it, but I remember thinking, oh, they both have the idiot ball. <sighs> okay. Rousing endorsement from the River Dews and River Notes, too. <laughs> <laughs> when you can remember what happened in the show you watched nine days ago. <laughs> I don't I, I didn't write notes about it there's no way it's in my brain um, holy shit I, I, I wrote notes about like, it and I don't know what happened <laughs> I keep thinking I don't need to write that many notes because I mostly just like catalog my reactions um, but sometimes we talk about the show and I'm like fuck I've watched this season three times and I literally don't remember it 
<sighs> the thing is, they flood you with so much. The human mind. You know how <laughs> no, some people yeah. argue that, like, the human psychological capacity to maintain and map social relationship caps out at around 150 people? Yes. Yes. Um, Dunbar's number, yeah. This is... uh... Riverdale is sort of operating on trying to flood you in the opposite direction, and by including more than 150 (laughs) scenes in a single episode, (laughs) they hamper your ability to remember what actually happened. Uh, Yeah, that that fucking Nazi opens up the Ark of the Covenant. Riverdale season three playing in there. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. uh, In a further interview with Evernever... Cheryl is more obvious than anyone has ever been yeah. that she is both wearing a wire and spying on a cult. Okay, so this this got me really bad because there's a way that you can go about this. <laughs> like even asking, even with like the fucked up lead off she does, because she's like, she's asking about tape storage. And what I like to get to know about new friends is where they would habitually just, you know, off the top of their head, where they would hide incriminating evidence. Right. But so she does this thing and then Edgar starts asking more questions about it. And maybe it's because of the work that I've done, like seeing people in confidential situations where that content is being recorded. It's, like, kind of a normal question to ask, like, okay, like, where is it stored? How is it stored? I'm revealing personal information about myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, I just want to know that, like, no it's one's going to fuck with it. And instead yeah. of that, she's like, because I um, would be a shame if somebody stole it. <laughs> It's like, what the... It's unbelievable stuff. It's literally... Stuff. It seems like the most intuitive pivot, but I don't know if that's me bringing my background into it, but it seems like... No, I mean, that's... You that's, have I don't to think be it's just that. catastrophically like, it's, incompetent to fuck this up so bad. And I think yeah. that the writers are. So, you know, it's it tracks. I think that the writers Scene are makes catastrophically a case for incompetent. It. <laughs> it sure does. So it sort of sounds like she gets kidnapped or assaulted or something, but the wire cuts out. And then at school the following day, she serves powerful body snatcher vibes. Uh And this is the part where, uh, another part in my notes, where I mention how the show cannot convey or build tension. No. Mm -mm. This whole thing (laughs) with Cheryl and Edgar and then Betty listening in, it feels so empty and you're supposed to read, like, terror and concern and fear on Betty's face at the end. And I'm empty. I got nothing. I can't I can't give this show what is asking of me. I just can't. Quote, did you send dead fish to mom? Oh, my God. Apparently, Veronica wants Hiram to pretend to still be married. <laughs> because very, keep, very normal health stuff. To keep Hermione stuff. safe. She, uh, like, we're going to depend on the person who's been trying to kill her. <laughs> it's really funny. Especially because Veronica <laughs> really tries to send home the dire straits of the situation by saying, someone wants her sleeping with the fishes. And it's like, yeah, that, that is why they would send the fish, I guess. It's no horse's head, I get, you know, but. Yeah, no, it's, 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 we can't make two uh, references to famous mob material in one episode. Um this is where Riverdale grows a shame bone in their body about references? I know. Like, 
why this? I don't know. Maybe it's too gruesome for them to put on on TV. Yeah, maybe it's more of a standards and practices thing. But there's shit this that is a happens children's later show in the at- season that contradicts that theory. Like this is well, this is after all a children's show about children doing drugs and having sex with adults. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, but, um, yeah. No, I, do, I don't think it's a standards and practices thing. Now thinking about stuff that happens later on in the season, um, it's, uh, I don't think it's that. I think maybe they were, they just didn't think about it. I don't know. Okay, like, well, I feel I like Fish are not that threatening. <laughs> the way they put a button on this plot line recontextualizes it in a way that if it were a better show would force me to give credit to the writers of Riverdale. But we'll talk about it when we get there. Sure, sure. The next scene's amazing. Oh, it's a Batman scene. It's a scene from Batman. Uh, Bughead pillow talk for 10 seconds. Yeah. To make sure that the non-Veronica main characters are aware of both plot lines happening in the episode. Oh, see, I didn't take notes about this, so... You know, it was the most shameless water carrying business I've ever seen. It's awesome. I I just want to make it clear to the listeners that that's not a thing that often happens in Batman stories. I'm not talking about that scene. (laughs) That's not a classic Batman move. I don't want to do my boy Bruce dirty like that. Put some respect on his name. Um, I I do kind of like the pillow talk scene just because um, I feel like Jughead and Betty have like maybe the only decently healthy relationship in the entire show. The chemistry actually arises from them both. They're secretly talking about how much they hate being here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I I think they're cute. I mean, it was a dumb scene, but I think that it's I think that they are cute together. Um, and I have to take what I can get from this fucking show. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Hiram then pretends it all as well in his marriage in public. Like somehow, somehow, what happened with Veronica worked. Yeah, they're they're at the grand opening of the prison. Hiram I know throws how out a line. Grand openings for prisons is that a thing? Do people do that? I don't know. It's a fucking ribbon cutting. They needed to do it because they needed this Batman ass scene. I just um, it's a really dumb thing to do. But also, I have unconventional views of prisons. I guess of uh, based on like normal people, not in this call, but like in general society. No, I mean, I, th- I think I think there is a contingent of people who are going to be fucking excited about a prison opening up because it's a money opportunity. So. Yeah. <sighs> and then Hiram makes a joke like during the speech where he's like you know her as the mayor of Riverdale but I'm lucky enough to get to know her as my wife my wife <laughs> and then nobody laughs and it's so funny that he like he does the ramp up he builds the energy and he like <laughs> pops the punchline and it's silent it just it's dies. completely yeah. dead and it's really, really funny that that happened because it's just like it's not meant to be read that way. I don't think. No, but it is very. But it funny. feels like Hiram getting completely owned in public. Yeah. 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 It. God, it tells it. It tells a lot about my lack of faith in the show that I didn't even notice how funny that was. It's it's a like, good show, actually. Uh, <laughs> secretly. The secret is well kept. Um. The Serpents and Punch Boy team raid an apartment building where drugs are cooked and either nobody has guns or knives or lookouts or these children are all going to die. 
Jughead yeah. gets shot at, but all the other gargoyles just have beat em sticks of some sort. It's really it's funny. Not knives. Again, like we were saying earlier, this is also like a huge apartment complex with a bunch of like levels. Mm-hmm. And the city doesn't feel large enough for the apartment complex. Oh, and no. the inside of it looks like it's like an this it looks like the cinematic imaginary for a rundown inner city apartment complex. Yeah, mm-hmm. this doesn't which look completely like does not match as, the vibe. No, it feels completely weird. And then they find before like we get into like the 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 raid stuff proper as they're building up to like the gunfight and the the hallway fight that's about to happen. They find uh an abandoned apartment building. Like it's got like a an sure. eviction notice on it. They open the door and right next like on the same wall as the door is the stove. They've got like a pot in the stove right when you open the door. I mean not completely wild, but not likely either. It feels just, wrong. It does it yeah, I don't disagree. I've been in a lot of uh, condos and apartments and shit, so, like, I have seen that before. It's just not very common. Um, I just... Riverdale doesn't even have a mall. How the fuck are they gonna have an apartment building like this? Like, I don't think they even have a strip mall. No. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, this is a minimum five-floor building that they're in. It... (sighs) I, where where is this if we if you were driving around Riverdale you would very clearly be able to see this building because it would be taller than every single other building in this fucking town <laughs> yes it would and we have never seen this building anywhere also I gotta say looking at how long we've been recording this listener there's a lot more of this episode left than you might think. Yeah, yeah. like, I- I'm looking at the scroll bar on my notes. I'm getting with pissed off every time I see how much there is left of this episode. I'm like, what the There's fuck? There's so much more shit that happens, except I don't remember it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, again, it's a drug gang, and they have one gun and no knives between them. Makes sense. Uh, and Drughead, our hero, with the aid of a fire extinguisher and the gargoyle's timely collective forgetfulness on what happens when you shoot a gun at a flimsy wall you know your enemy is hiding behind, uh, manages to subdue his attacker. <laughs> Another armed gargoyle shows up, surprisingly slowly, but Archie saves Jughead. Maybe at this point, Jughead and Archie are on the floor of this dungeon with level two gargoyles who do equip guns. Okay, right. Like, it was kind of a mini-boss on the first floor, mm-hmm. but... On the second yeah. floor, like it's you're you're gonna run into more of them. Yeah, and this is this is about where they do the hallway fight sequence, right? Uh, yeah, shitload more gargoyles show up, but they are the dinky level one gargoyles. So Mad Dog makes quick work of them while Jughead and Archie go for the cook, who is disarmed before he can shoot Archie in the back. But the, the hallway bring fight, up Archie for some more punching. The hallway fight. I need to call attention to this because it's like yeah. they're doing a hallway fight, which has become very very popular. much so. Since Old Boy, um, and nobody ever does it as good as Old Boy, but Daredevil tries and mainstreams it and makes way for a lot of inferior. Uh, yes, exactly. Attempts, yeah, like. Uh, but this <laughs> this fight has no energy, and they're overusing slow mo. It is like it, it's lethargic in its pacing and energy, and it's acting. So the whole thing just feels super flat. But what, um, you've never been in a fight that's just, like, really, really slow? I mean, I've never been in a fight, personally. Fair enough. 
no, I I mean that w- that was a joke. I've never been in a slow fight. All fights typically happen pretty quickly. I feel like being slow in a fight is a really good way to get to lose a fight. Yeah, like, to get your that's shit not, out. That's not how you do fights. You have to be faster than the other person uh or way fucking stronger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, they've got the Gargoyles gang sign painted up all over this building. And it's like a little shitty V with horns. So like the Taurus symbol. Kind mm, of, not, yeah. Not, not that different, no. Um, I, I'm thinking more about this building as you guys were talking about the, the hallway fight. Because I haven't seen Old Boy, so I don't know the reference you're making. But um, so I, I had ample time to think about this building. I feel like, because they're trying to get to where the drug lab is, right? Having the drug lab that high up in a building that doesn't have an easy exit, it looks like, seems like a bad idea for, like, police raids. It's really funny. Like, you couldn't quickly get out of that building. Uh, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) probably the... Probably the goal would be to have someone on the street that you can, like, uh, drop all the incriminating stuff like by a rope to out of a window and have them run uh, and then be like, there's nothing weird going on in here. That's a lot of effort though. Why not just I mean, find a different kind of building? Well, because the, the, the boss is on the top this floor. This is really. the singular type of this building in Riverdale. It doesn't make any fucking sense. The boss fight is on the top floor. I don't, know I, what. don't, I don't care where the boss fight is. This doesn't make sense. Yeah, this is, it's literally operating on dungeon rules. I don't know what to tell you. It is. It's, it's, yeah. it's bad rules uh, for this real life scenario that they're trying to depict. However, the, uh, the meth cook, or I mean, jingle, fizzle, whatever the fuck cook. <laughs> jingle, bingle. Uh, does something that cannot happen in D&D and does a cool terrain-based thing where he wall kicks both himself and Jughead through a window, uh, they do fall some number of stories and are unhurt. The outside of this building, though, feels so discontiguous with everything inside. It feels like they jumped through a portal. I don't remember what the outside of the building looked like. Um... It's like a fucking forest. They, they jump what? out into a forest. Well, yeah, because that's what the terrain of Riverdale is. Again, yeah, that's that's where you put a giant apartment this building. building does the not woods. make sense in the in the uh, in the setting that we have created for Riverdale. Oh no, nothing about it fits. I'm gonna be it, mad about this until I die. I think it's so wild. I also, again, I think that they established this in an earlier episode. The drug cook's name is Kurtz, which is very funny. Yeah. yeah, it feels like it only exists for them to be doing uh, Heart of Darkness or Apocalypse Now sort of yeah, reference. Surely, surely only for that. But reason, there's like yes. there's no <laughs> every what time a they weird say it, pull. it doesn't feel right. It is all bone, no meat. Every time they say it, the way that they say it, it just makes me think of cheese curds because again, I don't know the reference that they're making, and which is just like another layer of funny which is just fine for because me. you're not forty years old, like. I, <laughs> I don't understand like, That's the what thing. they're doing. I'm closer to the target demographic of this show, and I'm and, and you I literally don't get, get less of the fucking references because right. they're also nobody outdated. watches Coppola's movies, let alone reads. Um, I can't remember who the author is of uh, oh, Heart of Darkness. Uh, Joseph Conrad. Yeah, it's Conrad. It's Conrad. Um, like yeah. Oof, that was and that was a deep pull for me, an ancient literature major. You're not that yes. old. Like, feel i know you feel old we all feel old rob but i feel it gandalf (laughs) 
Like butter scraped of a too much Riverdale. <laughs> um, the lodges get an annulment. This which makes no for sense. some reason means something important to the enemy mobsters. I think it's Catholicism is important to the mafia. Is it because they're Catholic? That's the implication. It could be, I guess. Because like, um, when my mom we wanted to kill you, but. <laughs> But you're Catholic. You dotted so. you dotted the I's and crossed the T's. We gotta hand it to like, you. That's in my mind an annulment is like a Catholic thing, because when my mom got divorced, her ex-husband uh wanted to marry this other woman, and the other woman was Catholic, so he asked my mom for an annulment after like this was like five years after they got divorced, and my, my mom said, Fuck you. But uh <laughs> um but just like I don't understand what what is an annulment? I don't know. I'm an adult and I don't know what it I don't know so, what it means. It's interesting because I've not heard a lot about annulment, and I'm not very familiar with a lot of like deep Catholic lore. I've only ever heard of annulment being deployed to end marriages where like they were never consummated. Well, that's definitely not true in the case of Hiram and Hermione. Yes, my notes say they have a child? So like this is me out of my depth. I'm not a Catholic scholar. Um, I don't know if, Rob, you have any insight to the annulment thing, but it feels weird as hell. It is weird. I'm uh, just going to do a quick little Google search. The the best I could think is that, yeah, like divorce is super frowned upon and annulment is literally like the I'm not touching you of, you know, dogma where like, oh, it's just a technicality. Like, yeah, we clearly we can just like lawyer trick God out of being mad at Okay, us. I am looking at the Wikipedia for annulment right now. It says annulment is a legal procedure within secular and religious legal systems for declaring a marriage null and void. Unlike divorce, it is usually retroactive, meaning that an annulled marriage is considered to be invalid from the beginning, almost as if it had never taken place. So, so it, it's it. I do think it's just a like legalistic end run around divorce. Yeah. Uh, for the Catholic Church. So they they never got married in the first place, so they're not getting divorced. It's just no more marriage. The marriage went poof. Yes, that's the what I'm getting out of was. this. Yes. Hiram then accuses Veronica of being the one who sent the dead fish to manipulate them, and she's like, "Yup, <laughs> it was me." Well, and so this is where. If I were giving more credit to the writers of Riverdale, which I'm not, this clicks into place because the move with the fish and like all of the moves she makes like rhetorically around her parents feel like a high schooler desperately scrambling to like make it work. Keep the family together. Yes. In, in that yeah. sense, I feel like it does work because that is the character that she is. Um, but she's also not... Yeah, she's also, like, a mini-mob boss. I mean, Veronica is not one consistent thing. No. That's been true for a no, long no, time. No, she, no, no, no. <laughs> Jughead confronts Gladys about the gargoyles having guns, I guess at least two of them, uh, which is hilarious to me. It's like, your, your drug gang arm themselves, my god. <laughs> He's so mad that the drug gang had guns, folks. Uh, although... There is an element of consistency here because he was in charge of a drug gang that did not have any guns. That is true. <laughs> and for me, no fair. this is one of those things where this entire scene, I just cannot care about or believe in this. It means nothing to me. Oh, no. It's so flat. Dead on arrival, I agree. 
Nothing from me either. I, I don't have notes about this. I don't I don't know. Jughead basically goes to his mom and is like, your guys had guns. I don't like it. That doesn't feel nice. And she's literally like, fuck you, dude. She's like, yeah. It's yep. I'm okay. dealing drugs. Why would I not have guns? You're dumb. And the show does nothing with it. It just happens. And it, then it just like hangs yep. there. Betty infiltrates the farm. Like, that's no big deal. Edgar and Evelyn exposit over the PA. <laughs> It's yeah, really what a funny. weird way to do that. While Betty exposits in talking to herself. I love... She just says what she's looking at because I guess insert shots are too hard to do. Yeah. It's also she's really... She's just reading out loud while speaking. so well, good. And like, the boxes are labeled. I guess they couldn't do an insert, but it's so funny that she mutters to herself, alphanumeric system. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> Fucking what a surprise. What, what a thing to say. <laughs> As if, yeah, that is like insightful. Well, the audience or has to know how she found the right box. Or an unconventional method of like data storage. If she just went to the correct box, no one would buy it, Quinn. They'd be like, how did she find that box? Ah, uh, because this is so, the thing I choose to disbelieve. Yeah, this is this is where I break from Riverdale. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the line. Mad Dog tells Archie that he took Mafia Boyfriend's deal to get his family into a better position, which, you know, fair. You know, it, it sucks, but, like, it's a good thing to do when you're desperate and there's something you can get. I, I was wondering if Archie had, like, another avenue he could take to, like, responsibly housing Mad Dog and his family. You'd Because th- like, he seems disappointed, but it's like, well, do you have a way of helping? Because, <laughs> like, the lodges can't provide that right now. No fucking way. No. I don't know. I don't know. I do like Mad Dog a lot, though. Um, good good character, I feel like. He seems like a strange, placid island of reasonableness. Yeah, I don't know. He's, he seems he seems like he just wants to take care of his family, and I appreciate He's that. He's kind of a human being. Yeah, very weird for this show. <laughs> yes, very strange. <laughs> Not used to it. Betty gives Cheryl her blackmail tape, so she isn't in thrall of the farm, but she is instantly converted, it turns out. Because Edgar, quote, let her see Jason, which she describes as very literal, and I suspect for the purpose of allowing the soundtrack to get creepy enough to justify a commercial break. Mm-hmm. Later, at Pops, Betty asks Alice if the farm let her talk to Charles, and it turns out uh, she got in in one. Yep, that's the situation. Betty wants to meet Edgar, which is arranged. Uh, we're just sort of setting the table for the next episode, I yeah, guess. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then baby teeth's adult teeth are delivered to the boxing gym where Archie and the serpents are hanging out. And FP finds his poisoned rune cut body at a gargoyle altar in the woods. The end of the episode. Uh, one of my favorite things here is when Archie, like they find the, the chalice with the quest card in it that says defang the wolf cub. Archie looks at Jughead and says, Jughead, baby teeth. <laughs> How did he make that leap from wolf cub to baby teeth? Well, it's the defanging. And and what an insane sentence for me to say out loud. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, what gets me more than the jumps that are made are just, again, this, like, virtuoso show of not trusting your audience to be able to, like, think a single thought ever. (laughs) Like, my intelligence has never been disrespected like it is watching this show. <laughs> it's ridiculous, it's yeah. Bad. Um 
Uh, River Dews. Yeah, fuck. Oh, boy. I, I mean, I have I one if, if y'all need to take a Okay, moment. okay. Yeah, I, I've got my I've got my barrel scraper here, my trusty okay. barrel scraper that I'm going to be using for this one. Uh, but either of you take it away to start. Uh, I think I may have started last time, possibly, perhaps. I don't know. Okay, so maybe, maybe Quinn? Yeah, uh, this one's easy. It's when Cheryl banishes the girl from the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> easily the highlight of this episode to me <laughs> it's very funny that is very fair um i i really enjoy the bughead relationship like it's it's an anchor of slight normalcy in this show like i mean they're both doing ridiculous things all the time but i do appreciate that they can just like when they are together be somewhat normal they have a chemistry that the script has not yet corrupted. Right. And I, I think that at least in this portion of the show, it's because um, Lily and Cole were dating, uh, which helped. I, I don't remember what, at what point in the show they broke up. But um, yeah, the, the chemistry carries over to the camera pretty well, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, my Riverdue is just the idea that like... For at least one scene, the show cared about the fact that Polly and Jason were running away to the farm and, and like, it pretends to, like, have an ongoing story. I know that it's not going to matter, but, like, I was like, oh, hey, they just spoke to a true character motivation for a character that has to do with stuff that previously happened that was important. Yeah. Dang. They very rarely do that. <laughs> that, that felt really different. Yeah. Um, that that was my Riverdue, just this one flash of like this could be a decent television show. writing. <laughs> yeah, uh, Quinn, what sucked besides the entire episode? Uh, the, well, yeah, that's well. that's the thing. I took a really broad view for my River Dump this time, which is just I can't. Okay, I can't fucking hack it with either <laughs> of the child parent contention plots that are sort of central to this episode. <sighs> They just keep, yeah. like, driving it home, and I fucking... I don't give a shit. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I, that's very fair, right? Like, they're really focused on these conflicts, but I don't feel like... The stakes seem so fake. Like, what's gonna happen? What bad thing is going to happen at all here? Like, what are we worried about happening that... Oh, no... I hope this doesn't happen. Like, there's just, to me, there isn't anything, well, and really. And, like, shout-outs to Gina Gershon, great actress. But, like, even if it ends with, like, Gladys getting murdered, I, I, no one's going to feel that. It's not going to feel like a real thing. It's not going to, like... No, I think it, in that re in that scenario, I'd just be like, oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. It's We'd be at business as usual in record time, for sure. Um, Veronica was, uh, she was, like, hoarding the idiot ball this episode. She let Archie and Jughead have it for like a scene, but she was hanging on to that thing for dear life. And I very she really thought the dead fish thing was smooth. She was like so proud of that, I bet. And and then her dad was like, you're you're dumb. You're being well, and dumb. to me, the thing is, right, the thing that like puts it into perspective in a way that makes it feel like this weird teen thing, but that like it isn't is the fish show up. And then when she's pleading with Hiram, she invokes the sleeping with the fishes thing, just mm -hmm. in case he's like, no, in case you didn't get it, he's sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> but it's like, they don't take the fish out and kill them. You go in the river or the ocean. They put cement shoes on yeah. you and you're where the yeah. fish live. 
They don't like you got it you all backwards, Veronica. Like the fish are okay. The fish are fine. <laughs> the fish scenario. might be thriving by eating your nasty little corpse. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's bad. Um, it's pretty bad. Uh, my river don't is Cheryl rubbing him out for Edgar Evernever because that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a wild combo of that and then the bathroom banishment. Just like what a one two <laughs> punch. The epic highs and lows of this scene Jesus in the bathroom. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh. So my weekly weird, everyone is probably already uh, aware of or can guess. It's the map. I can't stop thinking about the map. <laughs> uh, very fair. Um, I actually don't recall seeing it um we've got like I, three torture prisons a giant drug factory I need to look at it again, apparently and like less than one starbucks well it's awesome i had Amazing. to like stop and rewind and pause it several times to like actually get a clear view of it but it was in frame just long enough to make me question so i had to dig Fair, fair enough. Um, I'll have to take a look at it uh, the next episode, or like the next time I go to watch an episode, I'll rewatch this one just long enough that I can see the map. Because like I'm, I'm I started now. going through questions in my mind, I'm like, maybe this is only marking like the major through fairs in Riverdale, or something like that. But it just it just doesn't make sense. No. No. Um, my weekly weird was the fucking juvie wing. <laughs> what is a juvie <laughs> wing of a prison? That is never a thing that has ever existed anywhere. Um, and if it is, I don't want to know. It's the kids it. only. It's the prison's kids only fun zone. Are <laughs> I just what the fuck? What is a what is a juvie wing? Those are words that have never been said next to each other before. I can't get over it. I I when they when they said it, I in my notes I just wrote a juvie wing with question marks, and then in my weekly weird notes it just says juvie wing with exclamation points. Uh, I, I can't get over the fucking juvie wing. <sighs> I have a runner-up weekly weird, which is just the lodge annulment and the idea that enemy mobsters are like, well, if you were divorced, then. You'd be vulnerable and like we'd go after you. But if the law technically states that you were never married in the first place, not only do we famously as mobsters respect the law, uh, also you are retroactively absolved of all of your complicity in the Lodge crime family's work against us over the mm-hmm. years and we are no longer mad well, so and then there's this really funny thing where it's like okay because they aren't even necessarily seeking a legal annulment they've gone to the church which means that all of the different factions of the mafia including the canadian mafia love and respect the pope they care about the pope <laughs> and what the pope has to say and like oh, papal right. law church law god said thou shalt not kill they don't care about that. They do care about if the Pope says you're not married anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. But my real weekly weird is Jughead being angry that the drug men had guns. Yeah. It's fucking hilarious. Or like more so angry at his mom for not telling him. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're supposed to tell me if you're if your drug criminals have guns. It's not fair. Mom, I went into the dungeon that you made for me, and those were not level appropriate <laughs> counters. God damn it. Yes, the challenge ratings were all out of whack. I had to use my dailies, and now I need a long rest. 
Yeah. What a what a weird interaction between them. <sighs> well, that sure was an episode. Yeah. Thank you for joining me, friends. Uh, the next one's called Jawbreaker. Yes, it is. Chapter 53. 16th episode of the season. Uh, Jawbreaker. Probably gonna do some boxing things. Or it's about candy. It could be about candy. I mean, candy. the drugs are named after candy, so who's to say? I assumed it was a reference to the movie where, like, they locked the girl in the trunk of the car. Sure, yeah, why I haven't not? seen Jawbreaker. that one. It, the episode's um, called Jawbreaker. I mean, yeah, most of these are uh, references to movies. <sighs> I've never seen it. I just know that it exists, and it's about teenage girls locking another girl in the trunk of their car. Wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I've heard it. of it before. But the, but the listeners can't hear you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> the other people um, on this podcast can't even hear you, Joe. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, we'll see. I remember getting mad at it. That's all. That's all yeah, I remember. I remember being annoyed that nothing happened. This next Tiny. episode fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does. Get ready, folks. <laughs> We're we are so good at making the show sound fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. In fairness, we are functioning as an alternative for many people. The, yes, yeah. I think so. A healthier alternative. Wildly more entertaining to listen to this, even if it is Diet three River times Hill. longer than the actual episodes. Whatever. Whatever. I think, I think these episodes have taught us that we can appreciate some long scenes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Would be nice. Ugh. Uh, but, ugh. yeah, I guess until next time, remember to pour one out for baby teeth. Yeah. Rip yeah. to the boy. <laughs> Miss him. <laughs> that rules. All right. Uh, yeah, I've been Rob. <laughs> I've been Arlie. <laughs> I've been Quinn. We'll see you some more of this fucking shit next time. <laughs> <laughs>